Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Thanks for joining with me today. And uh, our topic this week is Let Spirit Decide. And it comes from uh, what it, it shares in the Course. Jesus tells us, say only this, you decide for me. And people ask me about this on a regular basis. What does it actually mean? How do I apply it? How do I live it? So we're going to talk about that today. And as you know, I like to begin and start with a prayer. So we take a breath of love and gratitude together. I like to place my hand on my heart and declare my willingness. I am wholeheartedly available for spirit to make all the decisions in my life. Grateful and thankful to relinquish trying to figure things out, trying to analyze, trying to decide what's best. Instead, I am open and available to allowing spirit to decide for me. In fact, I prefer it. So we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to recognize and remember that our true nature is perfect, unlimited wholeness. We're consciously attuning to divine love, leading us and guiding us to the best decisions. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to accept the atonement and to recognize that it is our nature to be miraculous, that it is our destiny to live a miraculous life. And we're choosing to align with that now without delay. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to dynamic, unprecedented healing, healing in the physical body, healing in the emotional body, healing in the mental body, healing in the physical body, healing at all levels. We are grateful and thankful to let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting of figuring out how our decision is to allow. We share that decision with everyone because we're one with them. In great gratitude, we allow, we allow, we allow. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Ah, yes, feels so good to pray. We're, we're looking this week at Chapter 14, Section 3. Uh, chapter 14 is entitled, Teaching for Truth. Section 3 is entitled, The Decision for guiltlessness. And uh, I'm going to jump to paragraph three. It's the bottom of page 274 for me. And there's a, a beautiful prayer there that says, What I experience, I will make manifest. If I am guiltless, I have nothing to fear. I choose to testify to my acceptance of the atonement, not its rejection. I would accept my guiltlessness by making it manifest and sharing it. Let me bring peace to God's Son from His Father. 
So this is how I choose to live, to accept the atonement, not reject it. So when we're managing and coping with fear, with shame, with guilt, with blame, with regret, with resentment, with hurt, then we are rejecting the atonement. And we're saying, oh, I'm separate from God, I'm a sinner, I have problems, I have to work them out on my own because I'm so, so very separate. And what this section is about, it's about rejecting the thoughts of separation, not rejecting the unity. And of course, as we all know, when working with the ego, it can be tricky, tricky, tricky. (laughs) So we need all the support we can get. And fortunately, we have unlimited support. And uh, I just, I love these teachings so much. And in paragraph five here, it reminds us, everyone you offer healing to returns it. Everyone you attack keeps it and cherishes it by holding it against you. So clearly what we can deduce from this is the fastest path of our awakening and our healing is to offer healing, to have, give all to all. So we offer patience, we offer kindness, we offer generosity. Everyone we attack holds on to the attack and cherishes it by holding it against us. Now, they're just reflecting us, because if we attack someone, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. If we're attacking someone, we believe that attack is possible and valuable and worth investing in. So, the teaching here is to reject the separation and accept the atonement. And so the, the fastest path to our healing is to offer that acceptance, the love, the kindness, the compassion, the generosity, the patience to everyone we meet. Because when we do that, we're literally offering it to ourselves because there's only one. And jumping to paragraph 8, It says, teach no one he has hurt you, for if you do, you teach yourself that what is not of God has power over you. Teach no one he has hurt you, for if you do, you teach yourself what is not of God has power over you. So I know for myself that there's been a strong pattern in my mind to tell people when they've hurt me, how they've hurt me, what it's done to me, etc., etc. The reason for doing that, whether we recognize it or not, is to make them feel guilty with the idea that this is how we're going to attack them. And spiritual people can sometimes be very, very good at this. So it seems that they're being very gentle and very kind and very helpful when really they are endeavoring to attack. And they may not even realize it. I certainly know that that's been the case for me 
in countless, and I do mean countless, situations. And I still find it coming up into my mind to say something to someone about something. And then my feeling is one of not complete congruity with peace. So I feel a little discordance. Hmm, that doesn't feel quite right. And so I just pause. I get in that pause, as my friend Mary Lenahan says. And I allow myself to see what's really going on. And then I can see I'm only saying this to attack, to make them feel guilty, to make them take responsibility for hurting me. And then if I do that, I am delaying my awakening. So what it says here, teach no one he has hurt you. For if you do, you teach yourself that what is not of God has power over you. So only the ego can get hurt. The spirit cannot be hurt. So if we're saying we have been hurt, we're saying we are identified with the ego and we're going to attack the other person's ego. It doesn't bring benefit to us or to them. So we need to recognize that whatever the ego says and does, whether it's our experience of ego coming (laughs) from our mouth, our body, or someone else's, we're all joined together. So let's not make the ego real. Let's not invest any more of our precious time, attention, and energy in defending and attacking. Let's let it all go. And this takes practice. It takes willingness. We're really practicing the willingness. And when we're practicing willingness, we're practicing placing our trust and faith in God instead of in our perception, which is a deception. Right? Our perception is a deception. Remember that the Course tells us that our perception isn't true. It's the meaning we make of things. And Lesson 190, pain is a wrong perspective when uh, we uh, have the perspective of being a body, being an ego, then we're in our perception rather than clear knowing. So we're on this path of awakening to clear knowing where we don't need to analyze anything in order to perceive it correctly. We simply know that we know that we know. So that's what we're going for. Now, in A Course in Miracles, it tells us that there is a plan for our life. There is a script that's been written and that we can align with it and live the highest and best possibility in our life. And that our decision to do this, our choice to do this, will save tremendous amounts of time that would otherwise be spent in suffering. So, in a sense, we can get to heaven faster, in a very real sense, that we can have heaven now. 
the new heaven and the new earth, earth is available to us now if we choose it. And that's what's required, our choice. And then in paragraph 9 it says, Whenever you choose to make decisions for yourself, you are thinking destructively. And the decision will be wrong. It will hurt you because of the concept of decision that led to it. It is not true that you can make decisions by yourself or for yourself alone. No thought of God's Son can be separate or isolated in its effects. Every decision is made for the whole sonship, directed in and out, and influencing a constellation larger than anything you ever dreamed of. Those who accept the atonement are invulnerable. So, the, we, we make decisions based on our perceptions, which are our interpretations, which are our opinions, which are our judgments. So we make decisions based on our judgments. In, in doing so, we're deciding for the separation. We're choosing to enhance our sense of separation. And so the way out of this pattern is to say, you decide for me, to the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in paragraph 16. Say to the Spirit only, decide for me, and it is done. For the Holy Spirit's decisions are reflections of what God knows about you, and in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Why would you struggle so frantically to anticipate all you cannot know when all knowledge lies behind every decision the Holy Spirit makes for you? Learn of the Holy Spirit's wisdom and His love and teach His answer to everyone who struggles in the dark. For you decide for them and for yourself. How gracious it is to decide all things through the Holy Spirit, whose love, whose equal love is given equally to all alike. So, you decide for me. Say to the Spirit only, decide for me. Begin your day that way. When you feel confused and conflicted, say, decide for me. Now, the question that many people ask me is, how do you know what the Holy Spirit's decision is? How do you know? How can you tell? How can you feel the Holy Spirit's decision? It does seem confusing. And here's where the challenge comes in. The challenge comes in because we're afraid to trust. We'd like to trust. We'd like to trust the Spirit. But we don't trust spirit for a variety of reasons, right? And it's all our judgment, 100%. So the variety of reasons is really a variety of judgments. (laughs) And 
we can let them all go through this practice. And that's why it's so deeply healing, so powerful for us to each day say to the Holy Spirit, only decide for me. Holy Spirit, decide for me. Teach me in the ways of the the masters. Teach me in the ways of love and light. Make every decision for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what I experience in this is that I'm led and guided in my awareness to the highest and best decisions and they feel and seem different than the choices I've had in the past. So it might be the very same choices. Let's say the choices are between doing something constructive or self-destructive. Self-constructive, self-destructive. So the decision is, let's say, in the moment um, we notice that I'm trying to decide whether or not to tell the truth about something. When I am living in the space of you decide for me, where in the past I might have not told the truth because the truth felt uncomfortable to me, in this new way of living, of letting the Holy Spirit decide, the telling the lie will now feel less comfortable. So the, it's like the scales switch and there's more weight towards love and less weight towards fear. So it can seem like a subtle difference. Here's what makes it seem more clear. Trust, faith, willingness, commitment, devotion and dedication. The more willing we are, the more trust we have. Trust and willingness, you could say they're synonymous because you can't have one without the other. You cannot have trust without willingness. You cannot have willingness without trust. They go together. And trust and willingness, they're like a muscle that you can exercise and get in shape. So that's what we're endeavoring to do with our mind training system that is A Course in Miracles, is we're getting in shape for having trust and faith in the Lord, trust and faith in love, trust and faith in peace, in harmony, in beauty, in the Holy Spirit, in clarity, in our freedom. Mm. So I invite you to turn within and see if you can think of a time when you had a decision to make. And you could see clearly the choice for love or the choice for separation. You could see these different choices. And how did you decide what to choose? Was it a hard decision? Was it an easy decision? Things get so much easier when we're really willing to give our whole life over to the Holy Spirit. 
And the resistance comes because we have lack of trust and faith. And why do we have lack of trust and faith? Well, so often it's because we said we wanted a particular thing, an experience, a thing, a person in our life or some I think experience is probably the best word, where we really, really wanted something and we prayed and prayed to have it, but we didn't get it. We got the opposite or we got something entirely different. And we were angry at God, disappointed at God. And so we took the meaning from that, that God is not there for me. I cannot place my trust in God because God will let me down. God's done it in the past. I already know. Don't place your trust in God. You will find it very disappointing. But what we don't know is that likely, if it wasn't for our highest and best, that we stayed in that relationship with that person or that that person healed their body and lived or whatever the circumstance might be. And our prayer seems to have been unanswered. We, we must look at the nature of our prayer. So if we're praying for some experience to happen on our timing, and it's not for our highest and best, then would the Holy Spirit give it to us just because we asked for it? No, like a loving parent, if the child is asking for more candy and more candy and more candy, and they're making themselves sick, and they're nutrient-deprived, a loving parent wouldn't continue to give them more and more candy. The loving parent would be willing to risk the wrath of the child, the disappointment of the child, the anger of the child, in order to protect the child from itself. That's what a loving parent does all the time. Uh, but the one who trusts in their opinion, the parent who trusts in their opinion and seeks only for their own sense of peace and protection, uh, might continue to give the child candy and cookies and things like that, even though they know that the child is being sickened and it's not helpful and the child is suffering because of it. Parents do that. Sure they do. Why? Because the candy, the cookies, the cakes will shut the child up, will seem to pacify the child. So then the child and the child can be bribed that way. Even though they're teaching the child manipulation and coercion, even though they're teaching the child not to care for themselves, they're teaching them that love is giving into the ego. Love is pacifying the ego rather than setting oneself free from the ego. And in teaching that, we're causing suffering throughout the universe. Teach only love for that is what you are. When you're teaching something else, it's going to be 
picked up by everyone you taught it to, and they're going to turn around and teach it to others too. So this is how we interrupt these patterns of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. And so when we say to the Spirit, you decide for me, you decide for me, we're practicing trust and faith and willingness and self-love. And self-love is so profoundly healing, it brings so much benefit. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, the separation occurred because we didn't love ourselves enough to choose love and to stay committed to it. The separation in our mind, the split in the mind occurred because we chose not to value our brothers and sisters. And instead, we liked the idea that they're separate. We could keep them at arm's length and that we're not responsible for our brothers and sisters. We're only responsible for ourselves. But all minds are joined. How can we not be responsible for our brothers and sisters? <sighs> mm. Yes, yes, yes. This week, I'm in upstate New York leading the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. And I believe that I'll be offering the next one in mid-October. I hope to announce that next week and tell you those details. Also, if you go to the events page at jenniferhadley.com or if you receive my newsletter, you'll see that I also have coming up in October the Weekend of Freedom Retreat that I'm doing with uh, Maureen Muldoon and John Mundy and Regina Dawn Akers and Dove Fishman and others. Uh, it's going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center in North Carolina. It's one of, I love it there. Love it there. And... Uh, I am inviting you to come along, come and join us at the Weekend of Freedom Retreat, the first weekend in October. It's the Columbus Day weekend that we celebrate here in the United States. Uh, we're going to have a spiritual nanny, And then I'm hoping to arrange it so that you can stay on if you choose and come to my forgiveness retreat the next weekend. And uh, we can do some work in between, uh, which would be absolutely lovely. Working on some beautiful opportunities for us to do the deep work together. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, all the Living a Course in Miracles classes from the last series, which was on the topic of cultivating spiritual sight, those free classes are available right now. You can download them and you can also download the transcripts and that's at livingacourseofmiracles.com and it's the Living A Course of Miracles series called Cultivating Spiritual Sight. You can also find it listed on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. So come along and enjoy all those free classes, 11 free classes in all. We've had so much praise for them. Please come and enjoy them. Totally free for you. And it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Mwah.
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. You're listening to Unity Radio, and we're talking about this practice that Jesus gives us in chapter 14, section 3, where we say to the Holy Spirit only this, decide for me, and it is done. Jesus says, for the Holy Spirit's decisions are reflections of what God knows about you, and in this light, error of any kind becomes impossible. Now, we have put our trust and faith in the ego so often that the idea that error of any kind becomes impossible seems impossible, and so we are reluctant to place our trust and faith in our own ability to listen and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So this is a big part of why we are reluctant to say, you decide for me. Another thing is, is we fear we're going to be punished. We fear we're going to be punished because we're so convinced that we're a sinner. And so... It's only through the active practice and the mind training that we come to see that if we move into this space truly and wholeheartedly with great willingness that we will discover that Spirit will guide us and lead us to the highest and best when we say, you decide for me. But, you know, I I can honestly say that in my experience, I have had times when I've said, you decide for me. And then through a trick of the mind, I thought I heard Spirit's guidance. But it really wasn't Spirit's guidance. It's just what I wanted to do. And so I picked it saying, you know, oh, this is my guidance. But it wasn't my guidance, not at all. I didn't even know what my guidance was. I just knew what I wanted to do, and I was identified with the ego. So it was just what the ego wanted. It wasn't what I wanted at all, because I am the Holy Spirit. I am the higher self. I am that one. Let me be aligned with that one. And... It takes a great willingness, it takes a great trust and faith uh, to practice this, but we do get the hang of it. It it is um, energetically a lot like learning to ride a bike. Learning to ride a bike for me was very scary business, uh, partly because I was a little girl, about six years old, and my father uh, had gotten me an adult-sized bike. Um, or so it seemed at the time. It was definitely a bike for a much bigger person. He thought I would grow into it. He bought it used at a garage sale. He didn't have much money, and he wanted his daughter to have a bike. So he was doing the very best he could for me, but it was too big, and I couldn't handle it. And so it was really scary. I wanted to please my father, 
and I wanted to be able to learn how to ride a bike. But the bike was too unwieldy for me. So many times, you see, when I, the ego personality identification, am choosing what I think is best, I'm going to choose inappropriately in a very real sense, like my father did, right? He was choosing from the ego, thinking that he wouldn't have money later to buy a second bike. So he's trying to buy a bike that would last me for a very long time, but it was just too, too big for me. So in order for me to learn to ride a bike, he had to get me a different bike because I couldn't possibly. So he didn't have trust which I understand, I have no recrimination of him for it. Um, But how many times have I done things like that? Not having trust and faith, right? So for instance, um, holding on to items of clothing, items in your house that you're never going to use again, probably. But you hold on to them just in case you become desperate and destitute in the future. You don't want to let go of them now. They become your safety and your protection. I've done that. Um, I, (laughs) I realized with the help of a feng shui consultant and a space energy consultant in the home, I realized that I had held on to some broken telephones, right? Uh, Especially when phones became more modern electronic devices, because back in the day they weren't really electronic devices uh, like they are now with batteries and um, cordless phones. But once once the cordless, the nicer phones came in, um, when they broke and I couldn't use them anymore. I didn't just throw them away because they cost a lot of money. I thought, well, maybe this can be repaired. Maybe there's parts of it that can be used or something. I'm not going to just throw this away. Same with an older computer. You'd put it on the shelf, and it would just stay on the shelf until finally you decide to give it away or throw it away. And uh, these are the kinds of decisions that we make when we're relying upon the ego. And we also, unfortunately, make a lot of decisions to say things and do things to make other people feel guilty. And part of it is because we haven't yet learned what A Course in Miracles teaches about taking responsibility and recognizing that everything is really, truly just as we wish it to be. And that when we're having experiences where we're telling other people uh, that what they've done has hurt us, we are trying to make them feel guilty. And there is a way to say that I prefer that not happen again. That's a deal breaker for me, you know. Uh, that the way you treated me in that situation, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm, I'm not going to uh, allow that anymore. But if we tell the person 
that made me feel so sad. That made me feel so angry. Or you made me feel so sad. You made me feel angry. Then we're not taking responsibility for it. And I have been with people who feel that they're very advanced spiritual students because they've been doing this word work for 30 years, for 20 years. But they're still not willing to take responsibility for how they feel about themselves. They're still blaming somebody else for how they feel about themselves. They're still blaming someone else for when they feel upset, irritated, frustrated, annoyed, hurt, angry, all of those things. It's still someone else's fault. And that shows a lack of spiritual maturity. And it takes this great willingness to say to the Holy Spirit, you decide for me. And to recognize that, well, if I'm feeling irritated or sad or angry or afraid or upset in any way, shape or form, I took the decision-making power back. And that's the beautiful prayer at the end of page uh, 90, chapter 5, end of chapter 5 in the text, where it says, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. So when we let the Holy Spirit decide and we follow the, dis- the guidance of the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be at peace and that's how we know that we're letting the Holy Spirit decide. There have been many times in my life uh, since practicing this where I've come to a, a, a decision point and my ego says, <laughs> just to think of a kind of a simple way, the ego says, I don't want to share these strawberries. They're really good. I have a limited quantity of them. I do not wish to share them. So I'm going to hoard them and hide them from my friend. And uh, now I would say there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm going to enjoy all these strawberries. Yum. But if we're coming at it from, I want to hide these, I don't want to share these. Then, hmm, what's really going on there? Seems like there's a belief in lack. And if I energize that belief in lack, what will I experience more of? Lack! Lack attack is coming! Lack attack is coming. And then when, let's say, something happens where then later that day we drop our phone and the phone breaks and now we have to get the phone repaired And it seems like there's a lack of money for that. And we're feeling self-recrimination. How could I have been so stupid? Oh my gosh, why didn't I buy a better case to protect it? Whatever. Um, Then there's the lack showing up. There's the attack showing up. And we might find it difficult to believe that it came from not wanting to share the strawberries. But you see, cause and effect 
That principle never takes a break. It doesn't. It never takes a break. It's always operating in our lives. So if we'd always like to experience love and joy and peace and harmony and feeling that alignment, feeling that effect, then let the Holy Spirit decide for me. So there's definitely a training period, of course there is, where there might be the thought, oh, there's not enough strawberries to share for everybody. I really want to enjoy these all myself. What should I do, Holy Spirit? And then follow whatever it is. But in my experience of following the Holy Spirit's guidance, I feel peaceful. I don't feel like, oh, the Holy Spirit's making me share these strawberries and I don't want to. And I think of um, one of my favorite stories about my nephew, Alexander, Allie, my pally, um, when he was about four years old, he came home one afternoon from preschool and uh, I was visiting his family. They were living in Brooklyn at the time, Park Slope, Brooklyn, and um he came in the door, uh, and he's such a precious boy. And uh, I said, hey, Al, how was school today? And he said, it was good. I said, really? What was good about it? And he thought for a moment. I saw him thinking about it. And then his whole face, his whole body lit up. And he said, I shared. I said, you did? He said, yes, I shared. I didn't grab. I shared. I said, sharing is a lot of fun, isn't it? He said, yeah. It was a total revelation to him. So what he was telling me in that simple way that a child can convey things was that a lot of times he'll just grab. He doesn't think about sharing because he just wants what he wants. You know, I want the strawberries I'm grabbing them they're mine no I don't want to share them but that day he really saw sharing is fun it's fun to share what a great thing to do if you have children to give one a bowl of strawberries and one a bowl of blueberries and one a bowl of raspberries let's say and say let's all share let's all share and then here's how it goes Would you like some of my strawberries? Would you like some of my blueberries? Yes, I would. Thank you. That's how you share. So that they can learn that it can be fun. But you see, of course, children learn best from watching you. And then modeling it. You're modeling it. And then they try it out. But teach only love. For that is what you are. Love is sharing. And I think that's one of the wonderful things I really appreciate about my niece and my nephews, my brother's children, is I know when I was younger, when people had ice cream cones uh, and people would say, oh, can I have a taste of yours? Uh, I've been around kids who are like, no way, no way. And um, I've seen uh, brothers and sisters and 
and family situations where they don't want to share at all. And they'll even say, no way, you're a pig. You hog it all. And so um, there's a, a greediness, right? Of course, only the ego is greedy, right? The spirit's not greedy for anything because the spirit knows it already has everything. It's lacking in nothing. It's one with the universe. Why would the spirit have any sense of lack or limitation? So when we have a sense of lack and limitation, that's the perfect time when there's fear to just take a deep breath and say, you decide for me. Because I must have made a wrong decision and I can decide again. I can choose again. I'm choosing right now. I'm choosing you for you to take the thought that is the cause of the fear and I'm not going to try and manage and cope with this anymore. You decide for me. And um, I had the perfect example last week of this where um, my family has this gorgeous house in Maine that my parents built 30 years ago. My my grandparents helped them out and and they built it with this idea that it would be this refuge for our family to go to this beautiful place on an island off the coast of Maine. It's in the town of Stonington on the island called Deer Isle. It's way down east, kind of near uh, Bar Harbor. Um, <laughs> if you want to take a couple of bridges and a, cause, a couple of causeways and <laughs> drive for an hour and a half, it's kind of near Bar Harbor. Um, it's much faster by water. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, we rent the house now in the summer uh, a lot of the weeks when we're not there so that we can afford to keep it. And um, in fact, um, if you're interested, we do still have some weeks in the fall and uh, we're going to keep it open during the winter from now on uh, for people to do uh, go and do a writer's retreat or an artist's retreat is the ideal place. My um, my stepmother, my dad remarried a few years after my mother died. My stepmother is an artist and she loves uh, the house and it's just beautiful uh, spaces to work with the light and um, as a painter and uh, she draws and does all kinds of artwork. Um, and of course myself as a writer, I've done a lot of writing there. It's a wonderful place to have as a retreat. So um, we're going to keep it open this year and rent it as a writer's retreat and an artist's retreat. Uh, people can rent it. So, um, and you can see there's a an ad for it on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. It's called Blue Arches. Uh, that's the name of the house. So, anyway, last week I was getting ready to um, leave Maine. I was up there getting all the gardens ready and enjoying the beauty of it. And um, we had arranged for, you have to have a cleaner or a team of cleaners to come in and turn the house over between the rentals. You know, they have only so many hours to get the house cleaned up after that last tenant, to wash all the sheets and the towels and clean everything up, make, remake the beds, etc. for the new people coming in. And my cleaner just disappeared on me. 
and I was leaving the house tomorrow and we had tenants coming in. I needed to have an arrangement with someone to take care of the whole summer for us. Very important. Very important. And so, um, at first it was like, oh boy. And I had plans to go and visit Lisa Natoli and her husband Bill Free and stay at their house and stay at my other friends, Richard and Karen's house in Rhode Island. And so I was going to do this whole wonderful couple of days of traveling and visiting very dear friends and um, looking forward to it. I had to cancel all that <laughs> in order to find new cleaners. Um, and as I started to make calls, people said, oh, it's so late in the season, you're not going to find anybody now. And people were saying, uh, as I started calling different people and getting referrals, they were like, oh, I'm completely booked up, can't take another house. Oh, no, can't. Uh, Saturday turnover? Nope, can't do it, sorry. Love to help you out. I just can't do one more house. And so... Um, there was the opportunity to become afraid and worried and doubtful. And, and I could feel that some of my friends and people that I called were starting to worry and fear for me. And I talked about it with my father and he was like, oh boy. <laughs> but I see that I live my life to learn, to grow, to heal, and to teach that to others. Because everybody's watching everything I do all the time, whether they know it or not, or I know it or not. And one of the things was, I didn't even tell my brother and sister-in-law, because I didn't need them worrying about it. But I thought my father might know some people who would know some people, because he used to live there. Anyway, uh, all throughout the day, I kept saying, Okay, Jesus, I, I know you got this, so I'm just doing what I'm guided to do, calling who I'm guided to call, look where I'm guided to look. And don't you know, of course, I found a pair of lovely ladies, a couple of sisters, who um, I, I think are going to do a fabulous job. And I'm not worried or afraid about it. Uh, and even some little issues came up uh, uh, about misunderstanding about their rate. I trust that everything is going to be resolved perfectly and everything is going to go very well for the renters. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is that I'm stressed and I'm worried. I'm not trusting God. And, you know, it seems like, well, in the immediate, at least I can take care of it and manage it myself and know it's going to be done right. If I trust God, I have no idea if God is going to provide for me. Because in the past, like I was saying earlier, I've asked God to provide for me and God did not do what I wanted to do. And it didn't go well and I was very upset and very hurt and I felt like God completely deserted me and let me down. Now, just take a breath there, because in my experience, it's only when I have an attachment to how I think it should be, and when I'm not willing to allow God to decide for me, that it doesn't go well. 
That's the only time it doesn't go well. The more trust and faith I have, the better things go. So why, why would I try to do things on my own anymore? It's just not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. You decide for me. That is the the way. And so we begin to have the patience, have the willingness to connect in with spirit and see if we can feel the difference. See if you can notice the difference between when you're trying to manage and cope with things, you're trying to figure it out, and when you're allowing. Our job is to allow. How can spirit decide for us and guide us to it when we won't allow it? Just think, if you if you hired a contractor to come and build uh, a, a wing onto your house, but you wouldn't allow them to do it. You wouldn't allow them to lay the plans and get the materials and start to cut the wood and lay the brick and do all those things. You wouldn't allow it. And then you're going to blame them for deserting you and not doing a good job when you wouldn't get out of their way? That's insane. But we practice insanity a lot. (laughs) And enough! Enough, enough, enough. All right. It's time for us to pray. And as we do, uh, just a reminder, there's a lot of free stuff at livingacourseofmiracles.com, at jenniferhadley.com. We transcribe these radio shows now. And this radio show, the transcripts and all the free things, are made possible by the kind and generous donations of people who support the Power of Love ministry and all that we're doing at jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com. So I thank you. We just did that wonderful series of free 11 classes, Living a Course of Miracles, and much more to come, including the free text messages, which people are telling me they're loving. Thank you so much for telling me. Sometimes I don't know. Is it working? So, mm. Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Oh, and you can make a donation at any of the websites. We take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and minds to the power and the presence of love living through us and as us. We're giving it up to the Holy Spirit. You decide for me. We're willing to listen to the answer, to feel the answer, to know the answer, and to follow the guidance as it's given. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. We're allowing ourselves to have a life of great love and joy. And we know that it is unfolding with ease and grace. And so it is. Amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Have a magnificent rest of your week. Mwah!